Sox fans, are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast with your hosts, Mike Walters and Eddie Jones. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. And welcome to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Jones. And we're going to get you caught up in all the action this week. Uh, You may not want to get caught up on the action because the Ducks had a rough week uh, with these three games, unfortunately. But uh, we're going to go over all that. Um, We're going to talk about the issues in net, the issues on defense to answer your questions, which most of them are aimed at that. Uh, We'll also talk a little bit about the Ducks' former coach, Ron Wilson, as well. And uh, basically go over these games and preview uh, next week before the Christmas break. But... Uh, the road trip started uh, this week in Dallas, Eddie. The Ducks came out. They actually played very well in the beginning of this game. The first 40 minutes, uh, they really took it to the Stars. Uh, Niemi played tough in net. It was 1-1 to after two periods. Um, Corey Perry scored uh, early in the third on the power play. Everything looked good. The Ducks were up 2-1. to They thought they had this game, Eddie, and then they dropped five goals in a row. Um, and and lost this one. Uh, what are your thoughts on this game? Uh, just, I mean, disappointing. We've seen it a couple times this season, uh, where they've kind of get, they get scored on in bunches uh, in, at times in games, and it usually comes in like three or four goals in a row, and it costs them a game. And, and you know, the earliest one I can remember is way back in Columbus when they got scored four times in the first period. Uh, it happened a couple times since then, and now in this game, and, and it sucks. I, I mean, they were. They were like you said. They were dominant for forty-five minutes, pretty much, and 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 you know they they probably deserve to be up more than just two-one. Um, but you know Dallas gets a power play. They they get a goal from from Hamhuis. Less than a minute later, Cracknell scores, and, and then the floodgates open, and Eves, Bannon, and Faxa grab uh, three goals in about three minutes. And there's no way coming back from that. I mean, now you're down, you know, uh, six to two. And there's no way coming back from it, and it, it sucks. It, it really, I don't know what else they can do. We we've talked about this multiple times now. The fact that once the like, once they get scored on once, you know, if they don't shut down immediately, then they're going to get scored on multiple times. Yeah, and like you said, we saw that the Ducks were up two to one in the third. They give up two goals in about a minute. Next thing you know, they're down three to two, and the tables are turned. Um, you know, they, they fight it out for a few minutes. And then, like you said, they give up another, you know, three goals in a span of a few minutes. So it's frustration, uh, for everybody. And I know for people at home too, I mean, you know, especially, uh, we'll talk about the Detroit game too later. And obviously there were, you know, been games this season, Pittsburgh and Calgary and some other games that we've seen this happen, um, where the ducks, they give up one goal and then one goal turns into two, three, four, five, and it's happening a lot and it's happening too much. And we're going to talk about the goalies and the defense and all that stuff later. We've got a lot of fan questions about that, obviously. And we'll go into more depth. But in this one, it was it was tough. I mean, you had Gibson go in there. Uh, you know, he, he didn't do well uh, in this game. Um, you had Bernier come in and relieve him. And um, there's just not much you can say. I just think that uh, Dallas really willed themselves to victory. And I think the Ducks couldn't regroup in that third period, Eddie. Yeah, and I, you know, right now I don't really know how you can fix it. I mean, I think it's just a, a whole team mentality sort of thing that you kind of have to just you got to figure it out. I mean, it, it's a it's a really dumb answer, but 
you know, they have to be able to close out games and they have to not get down on themselves when, when they, even when they get scored on once or even after that Cracknell goal when they go down 3-2. They have to be able to regroup and come back and try and get the win. And, and they just seem to, to not be able to do that. They actually they did a pretty good job of it in Boston when, when uh, Randy Carlisle called the timeout after mm-hmm. Boston scored two goals in 13 seconds and they got one back right away. But that's one of the rare times we've seen them do that this season. You know, most of them have ended like this where they get scored on three or four times. Yeah, and you make a good point too. I mean, we'll, we'll you know talk about the Boston game now too as well. You know, the Ducks go into this game. Uh, they, they go with Bernier and Nett. And you think, okay, you know, we'll be fine. You know, we'll rebound, come out, play better. No. Instead, what happens, Boston gets two goals in 13 seconds in the first period. And you're sitting here going, you know, come on. Like, you can just tell everybody's just frustrated even more. And like you said, I think one thing that can help is calling a timeout. Because Carlisle calls a timeout. He brings him in. He probably tells everybody, you know, settle down. Stop doing stupid you-know-what. And get back on your butts and let's do this. And then they do. I mean, they get a bounce, but Coglado comes out. They score within 24 seconds. Uh, Bieksa gets a you know a, a gift, a breakaway as he gets out of the penalty box and he he freaking five holes it to um, you know tie the game up. And you know, next thing you know, it's two to two at the end of the first period in this game. And uh, then the Ducks take control in the second period. They get a couple goals. Uh, you know, Raquel, who's just been like the hottest duck on the planet. Uh, scored in this game and you know obviously scored some in Detroit too he's leading the team but uh, they finally figured it out and the defense came alive in this game you know it was a wild wild game for the first you know 30 minutes going back and forth back and forth and uh, the Ducks were ahead four to three halfway through this game and then you saw a different game the second half of the game the Ducks totally shut down Boston no more goals were scored in this game they hold on they win this one four to three but it's just got to be frustrating eddie because you know the ducks can do it they did it in this game but they couldn't do it in the dallas game and then obviously we'll talk about detroit and get to that one too the same thing so it's just you just don't know what team's going to show up on any night eddie yeah and it's a tough thing to do too you don't want to put yourself in that position because more often than not you're not going to be able to come back and win the game luckily in this one they got a goal 24 seconds after the boston grabbed their second to to kind of put them back into this game and then obviously backs out of the the penalty box gets a goal but I mean, that's not always going to happen, and you want to put yourself in these situations where you get scored on you know, twice in, in 13 seconds, and, and that's demoralizing for any team, but like we said, what we've seen from the Ducks this season, that's something they, they, they you know has been detrimental for them in, in, in like at least five games this season, where it's just completely screwed them over for the rest of the game. Um, you know, I, I think they need to draw on this game and, and look at what they did well, obviously, after they got scored on twice, you know, Randy Carlo with the timeout, you're not going to want to use your timeout every time you go down two goals. But, you know, they're going to have to be able to do this without having a timeout, be able to sit on the bench and say, hey, we got to tighten up here, get back in the game. And not not always going to get a goal immediately after the timeout like you did, but at least get yourself back into it, start playing a better game and not just shut down uh, for, for, you know, for the rest of the, the time that's left. So, you know, good for them to, to fight back and get the win in this game because it was it was well needed with the rest of how the other two games went. Yeah, and another key thing that's that's been an issue is it's not just when the Ducks give up one goal and then, of course, they give up another one, but it's the time frame. Uh, I remember Dan Wood and uh, Steve Carroll were talking about this, um, I think during this game or, or maybe the Detroit game or both of them, but they were talking about 
how this season there's been instances where the Ducks have given up multiple goals in less than a minute or about a minute time span. It's happened seven or eight times this season. So I think that's not only you know the killer that they give up one goal and another one, but it's in such a short time span. Um, if it happens in the future, and I'm Randy Carlisle, like you said, you don't want to burn your time out, but you don't want to let the game get out of hand. I, I mean, it's almost like you force his hand. He has to call a timeout if you're going to give up two or three goals uh, you know, in a span of one or two minutes. Yeah, no, he definitely had to, to call the timeout there. Uh, but you, like I said, you don't want to get in a situation where you have to do that every game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, We didn't see them do it in the game against Detroit, and, and maybe that's more so because of the way the goals were scored. Um, and I think you know, in Boston – you know they scored at two and thirteen seconds. I think that warrants a timeout. Um, right. You know, there was a an obvious disconnect there. The fact that they got scored on two and, and and thirteen. He wanted to make sure that it didn't continue from there on. So calling a timeout there makes sense. Um, in the other two games, the goals were minutes apart. Um, it you know at, at that point it doesn't really make sense to to use it to waste your timeout. Maybe in the Dallas game because you already are in the third period. Uh, but. I don't know. I mean, I think it was a good use in Boston, and, and you know, they just need to be able to regroup without having to sit down and have a timeout. I, I mean, you, you're always on the bench. You can always listen to the coach, and I think they've got to kind of work on that right now. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's something that they're going to have to work on big time. And, you know, we saw this. They go uh, into Detroit now. And the Ducks actually start out this game really well, too, just like they did uh, in Dallas. You know, Raquel scores. Uh, Theodore scores both on the power play. They build that two nothing lead. Uh, Tatar comes back with one in the first period, but uh, in the second, Fowler, you know the the uh, Michigan native, he scores. Ducks are up three to one early in the second period. Uh, you know you think everything's fine, then they get some you know wacky bounces. Tatar has one that goes off the boards and then off Bernier's back and in. Larkin gets you know bounce two, which gets you know reviewed like five hundred times. Uh, with the coach's challenge and all this other stuff, which, you know, we can talk about that. I, I still think it was a good goal, even though, you know, it was just lucky in my opinion. But that's what happened. And, I mean, this game, uh, I think this was a combination of the defense too. And uh, this one, I mean, Bernier got to start again too. And I know some people were like, what the hell? Why is Bernier in again? But he played decent in Boston, so I'm, I'm not really upset that he started. Um, but I, I think this game – was a victim of some of the circumstances too, Eddie. I think the second period, just some of those bounces just got away from uh, the Ducks and, and went in favor of Detroit, and they got the momentum, and they built on that, and that's why they won this game. Yeah, and, and another thing, we this kind of the theme that we've been talking about lately is, is you know, they things don't go their way, and, and they shut down for the rest of the game, and and they ultimately end up losing. I mean, they, they started out well. Like you said, Raquel scored on the power play. Theodore scored on the power play as well. You know, Tatar got a, a good rebound off Bernier. Uh, wasn't really covered, and, and he got his goal. But they rebounded in the second with a with Cam Fowler. But again, from there on, two more bad bounces, a, a really really ugly bounce on Tatar's second goal, where it goes off Fowler's skate off the boards and off Bernier's pad and in, and then off for Larkin's goal. Theodore clears it right off Larkin's foot, and it goes into the net. And and it's disappointing. Um, you know they really didn't deserve to have those two goals go against them. Especially, it's disappointing for that one goal to be the tying goal as well. Yes, and they just kind of they didn't seem to rebound from from that from that happening. And then 
Detroit poured it on. Willette scored it to to give them the lead at the end of the second, and then Tatar scored his hatcher goal early in the third. And you know they had a little bit of comeback with the the Raquel goal, but you know it, it, they already dug themselves a deep enough hole. And again, it's it's four straight goals for for Detroit. Three in the third, one one early in the second. Uh, sorry, three in the second, one early in the third. And it, it's something that is becoming an ugly bit of a trend in the, in the last few games. You know, the only three games they've lost in their last seven have been games where they've scored on four or five times in a row. We had Calgary where they lost eight to three, the Dallas game, which we just talked about, and now this game. And, you know, yes, they have won four of those last seven, but the three games they've lost are, are definitely worrying. Yeah, and I mean that—that's the concern too. And that, I mean, we'll get into more of that with the fan questions. Like I mentioned earlier, we got you know a lot of you asking all those questions. Uh, obviously, right after the uh, the Detroit game, because of course everybody's upset, just like we were upset. Um, but I think the lucky bounces in this game helped them. Um, I think it was funny. I mean, Tatar doesn't do anything the whole season. Four goals, and he gets three in this game. And it's like really. But you and I had talked about. Uh, the Ducks trying to get Tatar, you know, and I mean, you know, it's kind of weird because imagine if we would have gotten him, <laughs> this wouldn't have happened. I mean, I know it's just, it's not, you know, real, but I'm just saying it would have been interesting. But I think one bright spot out of this game uh, was Raquel. Uh, Raquel has been on fire. You know, he scored two more goals. He leads the team now with 14. I mean, he's just been playing out of his mind. Um and, and, and I'll get to some of the uh, fan questions about trades and stuff, which we'll talk about later as well. But, I mean, you, you look at him right now. He's got 21 points and 21 games, uh, 14 goals and 21 games. And, you know, obviously he, he missed a, a little over 10 games, um, you know, to start the season. Uh, he'd probably have 20 goals already, Eddie. And, I mean, he's on pace right now to have over 30. Yeah, I, I mean, if he if you look at his goals per game right now, he's only behind Crosby and Pasternak right now. He's got point six six seven goals per game, so he'd be sitting yeah around eighteen nineteen, possibly twenty goals right now if he had have played the the full season. So I, I mean, it's great for him. We we expected him to you know to take a step forward this season. Uh, I mean, he's obviously worked a lot on his goal scoring because I don't think I expected him to be scoring at this rate <laughs> this season. I I saw him. As more of a play playmaker, obviously we we've seen that he can score goals. He scored twenty last season, but for him to take this huge jump, I mean, he's on pace to to shatter his career high of, of twenty goals this season. So it, it's great for him, and we needed that from somebody. I mean, that's kind of why we're sitting where we are in goals per game right now, is we're getting more mm-hmm. goals from Raquel and and Kessler than we expected this season. Obviously, Perry has turned it on a little bit as of late. He's up to seven on the season. Um, and then, you know, Silverberg has been, has been pretty good as well. So, um, you know, I, I think that's probably why we're sitting so high in goals per game. But it, it's great to have that. It's great to see him come back, um, you know, after missing camp, missing the World Cup of Hockey, missing the first few games of the season and, and be on such a tear lately. I mean, he's a point per game, like you said, and 14 goals in 21 games. I mean, if he can continue this, he's going to – I mean, you would assume he would score at least 30. So, It'll be interesting to see if he can continue this pace. And, you know, what? in this game, the one against Detroit, you know, we had some fan questions about this too. Uh, what did you think about Bernier starting in this game? Because, you know, he, he got two starts in a row, which I believe was the first time this season. We, we usually only see him come in once in a while. Did you think that they shouldn't have done that? Do you think Gibson should have started in this game? Or do you think it, it didn't really matter? Or what, is, what are your thoughts on uh, Bernier getting back-to-back starts? Um... 
I don't know. I, I I just think you know more so if you look at it in in the, the next two games coming up. I think is a little bit weird. Gibson's probably going to start in Toronto um, on Monday, and that leaves Bernier for Montreal on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. think you know yes, Bernier's played well this season, and, and you know we've lamented the fact that that Gibson has been not so great in the last few games that he's played, but. You know, if you if he's still your number one, I think you would want him to be in the in that against uh, Montreal, who's obviously the tougher opponent, and you're you're playing them at the Bell Center, and you're most likely going up against Carey Price. And we saw the last time Gibson and Price went up against each other, uh, Gibson won out in, in, in his best game of the season. So, um, I think maybe just the fact that saving Bernier from having to play against Toronto, maybe, um. That's the only thing I could see it as. Just that's the only thing I could really see it as. I mean, I think Gibson probably should have started the game against Detroit. Yes, Bernie had a, an okay game against the the Bruins, but I think it's more so looking up to that Toronto and Montreal Montreal game and maybe saving him from having to play against the against the Maple Leafs. Yeah, and you talk about these games coming up. So next week, the Ducks will play Toronto, Montreal, Ottawa. Uh, before the holiday break and it's gonna be a rough week i have to tell you I, you know uh, after how this road trip is is gone uh, you know it's not all gloom and doom the ducks didn't play uh, you know terrible uh in these three games it's really been uh the third period in dallas and, and the second period in, in detroit but you know they started those games fine um but going into toronto montreal ottawa it's gonna be tough i mean we expect uh, frederick anderson to be in net and for uh, toronto um, like you said, it's it's probably going to be Gibson since they use Bernier in Detroit, and then you're going to have to go against most likely Price in Montreal the next night. So that's going to be a rough, you know, 48 hours there for the Ducks. Um, and then they'll have Ottawa, which you know you you remember the the Ducks smoked them at home. Uh, you know when I sat by the penalty box and almost got kicked out. No, just kidding, I didn't. But um, we talked about that in the last show as far as uh, you know what happens when you sit down there and some of the limitations on the rules. But anyways, in, in these three games, I I, I think it's going to be tough, Eddie. I, I don't think the Ducks are going to. Uh, you know, if they can pull out two out of three this week, that's what I would look to do. I, I think you know it's going to be difficult against Toronto, Montreal, uh, starting that back to back. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, Toronto's been playing well as of late. Um, you know, they they put up over forty shots uh, against the Pittsburgh Penguins last night. They've been doing that regularly lately, so it's going to be a tough game. I mean, they're they're at five hundred right now. They're playing some good hockey. The young guys are playing well for them in, in Marner and, and Matthews. So it, that will be a tough game. And then obviously going into the, the Bell Center the night after and having to play against uh, arrested Carey Price and Montreal Canadiens, who are obviously one of the best teams in the NHL this season. They scraped out a, a win against the, the Capitals last night. So it, it's going to be one of their toughest back-to-backs of the season. And normally you wouldn't say that when you have to go play Toronto, but you know our recent record against the Leafs isn't that great. You're playing at the the Air Canada Center against, like I said, a young team who is hungry to to get wins and and they're, you know, they can score goals for fun and and that's the scary thing right now with the way the Ducks are playing <laughs> defensively. We've seen the last three losses be eight three six two and six four, and this is a team who just put up uh, forty six shots or more against the Penguins last night and, and and you know if it wasn't for Marc Andre Fleury that could have been a bad game for them. So. We're going to need some good goaltending in these next two games. We we had it last time we played Montreal. Um, so I think hopefully, hopefully in this game against the Leafs, I, I really 
don't want to see an embarrassing game uh, against the Leafs. They're going to have to play good defensively. They're going to, you know, they're going to have to be physical too. They're going to win most of the draws in this game. The Leafs are a very young team. You know, Bozak is, is their go-to guy in face-offs, so they, you know, they got to start by getting back into the groove in, in the face-off dot. You know, they lost, like you said, they lost the battle against Dallas and Detroit. So I think winning against a team like Toronto, who you should beat in, in the face-off dot, it goes a long way to winning the game. And then hopefully, you know, win that game and, and bring the momentum into Montreal the next night. Now here's a situation for you, okay? S- say Gibson, you know, like we we think he's going to start in Toronto. Say the Ducks play a good game. Say say they win that game. Say Gibson only gives up one or two goals. What do you do against Montreal? Do you put in Gibson again, or would you still switch him out for Bernier going into Montreal? What would you do? I think you have to go with Bernier. Uh, I I think when you have two healthy goalies and two capable goalies, um. You don't want to mess with a goalie's confidence like that. I mean, you play Gibson in Toronto and Montreal, and that doesn't do a, you know, that doesn't do a lot of a wonder for for Bernier's confidence. And I think he deserves another go. Um, I would rather him, like I said, start against Toronto. I think Gibson is still our number one goalie, and starting him against the the stronger team in Montreal would be more beneficial. But it makes sense. I mean, Bernier is a former uh, Toronto Maple Leaf. Maybe they don't want to start him in net. You know Toronto's going to start Freddie no matter what. I mean, their their other mm-hmm. two their other two options aren't too great, so <laughs> I doubt they go with uh, with Antoine Bebo and and you know they play us and then they've got uh, a couple of days rest before they play anybody after that. So it's not like they have a back to back either. So Freddie should be in net for them. But I can understand them wanting to you know shield Bernier from from the Toronto media and possibly a, a bad loss against his former team. Uh, but yeah, I don't think I just I don't see it happening. I, I mean, even if Gibson comes out and has a forty-five save shutout, I I still don't see them <laughs> deciding to go with him against Montreal. It's going to be a tough game, both of them, and I think they're going to need both goalies in this one. Yeah, and it, it's going to be an interesting week too, as obviously uh, Anderson's looking for his quote-unquote revenge game, you know, against the Ducks. But uh, you know, with that, we'll get to the fan questions. We basically have a Christmas list of <laughs> questions, all related, uh, pretty much. About the Ducks giving up goals, uh, the, the goalie situation, the defense. Um, you know, we have uh, Derek and Matt and Chad, Peter, Michelle, and a whole bunch of other. You all ask these questions. So if I didn't mention your name, don't feel bad. There's about probably over 10 of you <laughs> that ask about all this. So, you know, we're not going to go over individual questions. We're just going to go over this in general and, and cover this because obviously this is the, the theme of the week. Uh, and of course, it's the concern of the week with all of you as well as us. Um, so what do you think, Eddie? We talked about you know the Ducks winning you know uh, you know a handful of their last games, but the losses they've been giving up so many goals. Do you think it's a goalie problem? Do you think it's a defense problem? Do you think it's both? Um, what are your thoughts on the situation? You know, especially in this last you know, three four games. Uh, I think it's a combination of goalie and defense. I mean, you don't lose like we mentioned eight three six two six four when it's just one thing. Um, the Detroit game's a little bit different, in, at least in the first three goals. Uh, I mean, they're just poor bounces. Uh, I mean, you can't really say anything other than that, especially the the Larkin, the Larkin goal and the second to Tar goal. They were just poor bounces. There wasn't much that uh, that Bernie can do on them. But, you know, all throughout it, we've seen some some sloppy goals. You remember the first, uh, for, first goal for Goodrow coming back from injury? Uh, that was a soft one for Bernie to let in in that game, and then the defensive coverage at times has just been poor. Guys have been left out in front of the in front of the net. Um, 
you know, the, even against Boston, you got to win. But you, you look at that goal for Chara. He's left wide open, has a free slap shot on net. Zarnik is left wide open, short side, uh, to to get one past uh, Gibson. So I mean, it's just it's it's a disappointing trend that we've seen lately. And the games that they've won, they've played pretty well. Uh, other than the Carolina game where they had to scrape out a, a 6-5 win, and that was kind of an ugly game. But, you know, the the games that they've lost, it's just been poor from both defense and goalie. You can't really pick a side in but They've both just been awful in both games. Yeah, I agree with you. My concern is a little bit more with the defense. I, I really, you know, we t- you and I talked about this on the show last week, um, is part of the issue is it's the Ducks have four two-way defensemen and we talked about this you have you know Fowler Botnan uh, Lindholm and Theodore out there they're all great players you know and, and we're not taking anything away from them but the issue has been is you don't have guys that are hitting as much the Ducks are getting hits if you go back and look in the stats you'll see oh they're getting all these hits in all these games and you're thinking oh okay they're, they're doing fine well if you break those hits down they're more of the forwards than they are the defense the defense isn't standing up as much people you know, uh, forwards when they're attacking from the other team. So the other team is getting, you know, those situations you talked about where the coverages, um, they're missing coverages, people are getting open, and they're also not hitting people. So to me, the goalie thing is an issue. Don't get me wrong. We'll talk more about that. But on the defense, uh, the coverage being missed. And the other thing is, is they're not making the uh, opponent's forwards have to, you know, guess. I mean, they're getting uh, clean shots on net. They're getting clean passes. You know, they got to get in those guys' faces more. They don't necessarily have to have these bone-crushing hits and knock them out. I mean, obviously, we all love those. But, um, you know, the only guys that are out there to do that are BX and Manson, and they've been kind of eh in doing that so far this season. You know, they've, they've done it, but not really the way that they have before. So that's kind of been an issue because those forwards are coming in. They're, they're not having to alter their passes. They're not having to put on the brakes and think about, you know, what they're going to do as much. Um, so that's the concern I see, Eddie, and we and we've talked about this too. You know, Stoner's been out, a physical presence you haven't seen. Uh, you know, Holzer has been more consistent, but he hasn't been playing as well. You know, I I would even take out Theodore for a game and put in Holzer. I mean, Theodore's made a couple of mistakes lately, and don't get me wrong, I don't want to see him go down, but I think he may need a break here and there uh, and bring in Holzer, or you know, even Bieksa sometimes put him. You know. Uh, Holzer for Bieksa. I mean, there's times that he makes mistakes. I mean, I, I think some of these guys may need some breaks here and there, and I think Holzer needs to come in here and there as well because uh, the the six defensemen we have at here are pretty much they're like, oh, we're going to play every night, and it just seems like there's no repercussion for any one of them having a bad night. Yeah, I think it's about limiting space for for opposing teams' offense as well. We've seen games where the Ducks have played physical, and they, you know, and, and like you said, it's not about playing a huge hit it's not about Manson you know crushing a guy at center ice it's about some of these guys like Theodore and like Fowler and Lindholm and Vatnin as well and even even Manson it's about all of them just being physical giving guys less space along the boards you know just making them have to think about making that mm-hmm. extra play in case they're going to get hit along the boards and you know we have really haven't seen that urgency from from the Ducks on defense like we have in the past and it's something like you said maybe you need to shake up the lineup. Just uh, take Theodore out for a game, or or take uh, like I said, Bx. Well, the more likely option is Theodore, just because um, you know he's like he really is the sixth guy right now because of his eligibility to go down to San Diego, and maybe put in in, in a Holzer, or when Stoner comes back, put in Stoner, and just kind of shake it up a bit and, and get things going for them. 
and because that's been their their issue as of late. You know, their coverage hasn't been as great, and that's because they're giving teams a lot of space. And they've got to you know that starts with hitting guys along the boards and, and being more physical. And I think that's something that they can easily work on. They just have to take the time to to really make that extra decision during the game. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head, Eddie. I couldn't agree with you more. I think that this, really the space is the biggest issue. Like you said, if you're giving the other team space, you're allowing them to set up, you're allowing them to get in position, um, and the defense isn't you know slowing them down as much, that's a huge issue. Now, we see that happen, and then you see the goalies give up a certain amount of goals. So, of course, a lot of people out there are saying, oh, okay, you know, we have a goalie problem now because of all this stuff, I, as far as who's going to start. I don't really see that as the issue as opposed to the defensive breakdowns that have left both these goalies out to dry. Don't get me wrong. They've made they both made some mistakes, especially in some of these games. But I think it's it's tough because when you have the goalies that are you know, they're not playing they're not playing I don't know how to say this, Eddie. They're not they're not playing poorly, but they're not playing great either. Uh, you know, we talked about their numbers and looking at their stats now, you know, uh, Bernier's goals against is almost three. Uh, you know, he's 2.89. Gibson is 2.69. Both their save percentages are just over 900. They're not terrible numbers, but it's frustrating because if you need the goalie to steal a game for you, uh, the Ducks don't really have one right now that can steal a game for you. No. And really, like, looking at their numbers, it, it is still, you know, it, Gibson's played 23 games and Bernays played 14. It still is relatively a small sample size to look at save percentage and goals against average, especially when you know you look at Bernier. He had that eight goal game where he let in all eight against Calgary, and then the one against uh, Detroit the last night that really skewed the numbers, especially that Calgary game. And then you have Gibson, who in his last four, barring the game against uh, Ottawa, have just been. He hasn't been great, letting five against Carolina, letting five against Dallas, letting uh, two in his relief effort last night and three against Edmonton where his save percentage were either under nine or just above it at nine, at his career or at his season average at point nine oh six. So um, you know, lately they've been bad. You know, we've seen them been be great in, in early in the season. We Gibson was great against Ottawa, he was great against Montreal. Bernier's been great in, in some of his last games. You know, he played well against uh against San Jose. He played pretty good against Boston as well. Uh but they're just having the games when they when they play bad, they play bad and they let in five goals and it and it really skews the numbers and you know it's just about confidence for these guys and, and you know of course people are coming out of the woods, especially with Toronto coming out next saying, Oh, we should have kept Anderson, <laughs> we should have done this. Well you know they're gonna struggle, and and you know we we didn't expect Bernie to come in and do as well as he did in the beginning, and now that he's struggling, people are like, oh okay, well yeah, this is what we expected from him. But for for Gibson, you know he's still 23. I, I mean yes, you have Matt Murray playing amazing for Pittsburgh, but they're also a very good team. They're Stanley Cup champions, <laughs> and it's you know it, it's to be expected. He you know you can't expect him to come out and be an elite goaltender right now. He's been okay. He hasn't been great as of late. But you got to remember, he's still young. And goalies, are, you know, they don't come into their prime until their mid to late 20s. So I like what he's done this season. Lately, obviously, he's struggled. But, you know, I think he's still the Ducks guy. And you gotta, you got to kind of cut these guys some slack sometimes because it's not always the goalie's fault. 
Yeah, I agree with you. And I, I think moving forward, the focus is going to have to be, you know, a combination. I mean, it, it is part of the goalies a little bit, like we talked about, but uh, the defense is a big issue too. I mean, they've really got to work on this. And we're going to talk about, in a little bit, we're going to talk about some of the trade rumors and, and some of the stuff that Ducks uh, should look to do. But uh, we can talk about some of the good things. Uh, you know, Garrett asks about uh, Ricard Raquel. And he he wants to know: Do we think he'll make the All Star game? And do we think he'll get thirty plus goals? Uh, I would say at least yes to the thirty plus goals, Eddie. Um, as far as the All Star game, I would hope. I, I don't really care about that as much, but as far as the thirty goals, for sure. Yeah, I think so. If I mean, if he sco- keeps scoring at this pace right now, the Ducks have fifty games left. If he scores at the same goals per game rate he has right now, that's thirty three goals in those fifty games. That puts him at forty seven. Now, <laughs> I don't think he's going to keep scoring at this pace throughout the whole season. So I could definitely see him score 30, um, which would be a huge step up for him from the 20 he had last year. Um, I mean, if it's safe to say that if he even scores a, a little bit less than this, at a, a goal every other game, he'll, he'll reach 30, uh, if not more. So I, I think it will be uh, interesting to, know to see if he actually goes to the All-Star game. I know... The three, the four players uh, up for captain of the Pacific Division for the Ducks are Perry, Getzloff, Kessler, and Fowler, and you would expect those guys to be the four front runners for the Ducks to go to the All Star game. But if uh, Raquel keeps scoring and, and playing well as of late, you know he's got a point per game. He's sitting in, like we mentioned, top three in goals per game. He's in top ten in points per game. You know if he can continue this in the short term, at least. And put up around maybe 30 points in 30 games, something like that. Then you know he might be warranted for the All Star game. It all depends. I'm not too familiar really with how the voting is this year, um, and how guys that aren't the four captains can get into the All Star game. I'm not too sure with with how that's working this year. But it would be nice to see him. He has been playing well since coming back, and um, right now I think he definitely deserves it. So it'll be interesting to see if he can keep up his pace. Yeah, you know, and, and now we see him on the first line uh, with Raquel. Uh, I'm sorry, Raquel with uh, Perry and Getzoff. And, you know, he's been doing well. Uh, Perry's starting to score some more. And we talked about this on the show last week. You know, everybody was big, including us, uh, you know, going into uh, the, as the trade deadline came up. Oh, we got to trade for this left wing. We got to get this guy. Um, on the show last week, we talked about all the goals players coming up and playing well. You know, um, especially we saw Camarosa. He got another big scrap. Uh, in that game against Detroit, uh, which was a good one. He's he's been killing everybody in his fights, but um, he's also been contributing offensively. Um, Kase has been out there as well. We've seen Nason, um, you know, Richie, of course. And so we've seen the guys from down there playing in the lineup as well. It, you know, to me, the, the offense isn't really an issue anymore um, in, in these games. Eddie. It seems like we're scoring goals. We're just not stopping them as much. So when people are talking about the trade deadline and going out and trying to get a forward, which we had some questions about that. We had George asked about any trade rumors. Um, we also had Brian ask about, you know, whether or not the ducks could buy out BX and get rid of them. Uh, you know, I think a lot of us wish that, but I don't think it's going to happen. But, um, I do think that if the ducks are going to make a move and try to improve things going forward here, I think it's going to have to be from the defensive side, Eddie, because as far as the offensive goes, you know, I don't really see any issues. Uh, I think the, the ducks are with the forwards that they're doing. They're doing great. I mean, it would be nice to maybe get one more, but, uh, as of now, the defense is more of an issue than anything. Yeah. Um, I just don't see how you make a trade from the blue line that we currently have. I think they're just struggling as of late. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just been this last two-week stretch and, and where they've been struggling and, and really only 
four of those seven games. You know, they won the one against Carolina, but they struggled in that game. The team lent five goals. And then the three losses that we've been talking about the most in, in these last two weeks of the Calgary one, the Dallas and Detroit loss. You know, before that, the three, the four games that they had lost were all three, two close games. So, I mean, as of late, they've been, they've been poor. Um, I think you have to reassess probably closer to the trade deadline and see if this is a trend that's going to continue. But I don't really see, you know, who do you move out, really? Like, Stoner's hurt, but when he comes back, do you expect him to play? You know, you're not going to drop Bieksa, Manson, Lindholm, Fowler, Votnin. So it's hard to really bring in a, a guy at the deadline, especially a guy that's going to help. If you're going to make a trade, you're going to want probably a top four guy or a guy who's, you know, between top four and top six. And, you know, do you really want to move the assets for a guy like that who might not be in the lineup every game because you have some guys who are just slumping right now and not playing as well. And, and if they pick it up, I mean, you wasted some assets in a guy you don't really use. I still think they can they can use a forward. I mean, we've been talking about lately how some guys have come in and done a really good job, you know, filling spots in Cramarosa and Cache and, and Logan Shaw and Stefan Nason. But, you know, Cache's cooled off a bit lately. Cramarosa offensively has cooled off a bit. Obviously, I mean, he, he's been fighting more and he's been killing every guy he fights, which is which is really <laughs> good for him and adds another aspect to his game. So I think he deserves to stay. But I, I don't know if uh, if Cache will stay all season. I'm I, I think everybody's been a, a impressed with with how he has played as since he's been called up but I don't know if he's a, a full season kind of guy depending on how he plays lately you know he's kind of gone down a bit he took the two penalties in the game against I believe it was Boston um it wasn't a great game for him so I think if again they can reassess at the trade deadline and if these guys aren't performing at the level that they have been lately I still think growing out and getting a top nine top six forward is their main issue. I think the defense will pick it up. I, I think, you know, this is the same core that started the season where the Ducks were playing well defensively. They've slumped as of late, and I think it's more of just just getting that mentality right and, and playing the way that Randy Carlisle wants them to play. And, you know, we haven't seen that in the, in the last three losses that they've had. And I think it's something they can pick up. I'm not too worried about the defense. So you would think maybe more given given some of the guys a break here on and off, like we talked about earlier in the show, might be the answer. Trying to mix it up and also getting a healthy stoner back uh, would probably make it a, a better situation for the Ducks as well. Because, uh, like we said, you know, a little bit of lack of uh, grit on the blue line. You think that might you know help it out a little bit better? Yeah, I think I think Theodore kind of needs a break right now. You talked about this a bit before, and, and maybe bringing in Holzer for him. You know, other than the goal that he scored against Detroit last night. You know, the last three games for him haven't been that great. He was a minus two in, in Dallas and a minus three last night in, in Detroit. So you know, he's been on the ice for a lot for goals. He, he's a minus nine, which is leading the team right now. Obviously, he's only played 18 games, which is still a, a smaller size than some of the other Ducks players on the team. But I think right now he probably just needs a break. You know, you could bring Holter up. Um, I don't think Stone is ready to come back yet, but you could plug Holter in just for a game and, and just give him a break, you know, let him cool off and, and get prepared because he was playing pretty well before that. You know, he had the two assists uh, in San Jose, he had an assist in Ottawa, and, and just kind of struggling in the last few games, at least defensively. So um, maybe that shakes things up, and, and then you can bring him back in when it, when he's you know got a little bit more confidence and ready to go, and, and then slot him back in the lineup. But I, I don't think it it's too much. Just a couple adjustments here and there, and I think they can get back to playing you know the way we expect them to play. 
You know, and as far as any uh, trade rumors out there, I know we talked some of this on the last show as well. Anything uh, recent you've heard? I, I, you know, just heard some of the rumblings out of Colorado. You know, obviously Landeskog, Duchesne, some of those names have come up. But other than that, have you heard anything uh, recently in regards to the Ducks or other teams? The the only thing I've heard recently was the Sportsnet put out an article saying that the Leafs are, are listening to offers on James Van Riemdyk. They're not mm-hmm. shopping him actively, but they're listening to offers for him. They're, you know, they're they're not looking to move him or anybody else. They they see him as a part of their future. But if they can get a good return, the the article said I think they were looking at a return close to what they got for Phil Kessel when they traded him to the Pittsburgh Penguins. So you know that would be a top end forward prospect and, and a, you know a good young defenseman uh, that they got in Scott Harrington from them in, in a draft pick. So and most likely a first round draft pick. So I mean that's a lot to give up for for any team. And you know for the Ducks you'd be looking at uh, you know maybe I doubt Max Jones or Sam Steele would be on the table, but you'd be looking at that type of caliber of prospect, maybe Brandon mm-hmm. Montour or something like that. And, you know, do you really want to give that up for a guy who's got two years left and you might not be able to re-sign him after? You know, it all depends. Um, but like I said, they're not actively shopping him. They're listening for offers, and they'll only trade him if they're completely blown away by the offer that's on the table. And, you know, from any team looking to, to add forwards, that's not always the, the best option that you're looking for when you have to blow a team away to bring a player into your organization. I, I think, you know, uh, Thomas Tatar obviously hat trick against the ducks last night i think he's still an option mm-hmm. for the ducks uh detroit mm-hmm. is struggling this season he's struggling this season you know he that was his first career hat trick and his only real good game of the season so <laughs> far i mean he scored three goals last night and uh he only had four before when he came into the game so um and and he's been a minus 10 for them not not too great this season so i think he's still on the table possibly for them obviously increased his his value a little bit with that hat trick last night but um no, other than that, like you said, Colorado, and then that's pretty much it for the for any new rumors. Yeah, it's been pretty quiet as of late, and you know it's the holiday season. Usually, I think it's going to be pretty mellow right now. I think uh, you know it'll pick back up obviously in January as as we get you know within the three four weeks of the trade deadline. That's when you're going to see. Uh, all that news start picking up and obviously more rumors are going to come out about you know who's going where and who's looking for this player or that player i do expect the ducks to be active um you know uh, cameron asked us a question he talks about uh, garbett and how garbett hasn't been doing so well in san diego um obviously he's not happy being uh, down there but that's a player that i would look to maybe see the ducks move another one's jared bowl you know he hasn't played in a few games either i mean obviously these guys would either be involved in smaller type deals or uh, you know, packaged into a bigger deal. But those are two names uh, on the Ducks side. I would look at to see that you know maybe they would be moving. Or like you said, if the Ducks do decide to go for someone like a JVR or some other kind of a, a big name player, then maybe they do tap into you know uh, Sam Steele or, or Montour or something like that. I don't know if they will. Uh, you know, because you're talking about some future players that have been doing pretty well in the minors this season. Uh, you know, Sam Steele's just been racking up points left and right every game. So um, that's just something to keep. You know, off in the distance, there's nothing imminent right now. But, um, you know, as the info comes in, obviously we'll talk about it. Um, Some other news, you know, Eddie, that uh, came up about the Ducks. Actually, former, you know, Mighty Ducks uh, was uh, Ron Wilson had a stroke this last uh, week or two. We we don't know exactly the, the time frame he had it, but he's in rehab. 
uh, from that. We, I heard that he's doing better and doing fine. Uh, you'll remember he was the Ducks' very, very first coach and actually coached them for the first four seasons, coached them to the first uh, playoff win. Um, Guy Bear is a net. They beat the then uh, Phoenix uh, Coyotes. And then, of course, they went to Detroit and got swept. One of the bad memories of the Joe Lewis Arena. Uh, we can talk about some of the other good memories here in a, in a moment. But uh, at least he looks like he's doing better. And he's definitely a fighter, Eddie. You know, he's he's been a coach on several different teams, and we wish him well. Yeah, I, I mean, it was sad news to hear, and, and I heard it uh, at work on my phone, and I, you know, it's just it's just really sad to hear. I'm, I'm hoping that he gets better and he can come back, and uh, you know, I and, and he was looking to come come in and coach this season. That's the thing too. I yep. mean, all of a sudden, uh, I mean, it, it's it's really sad to hear, and and you know, all, all well wishes to his family. Yeah, and that was part of the thing. I, I heard one of the articles that the family wasn't, you know, happy about the news out there because I guess uh, he he was maybe in the mix for Vegas. Uh, that was something I I didn't really know, but they had talked about that, Eddie. They had said that that was something that uh, they didn't say that he was for sure going to be in on it, but it was definitely an idea that crossed his mind. So I'm kind of curious to see, uh, you know, since the rehab's doing well, he's going to come out okay if he will land a spot. What do you think? you think he'll try to land a spot, or, or maybe he just uh, takes it easy for a while? I think he probably takes it easy and focuses on recovering. You know, Vegas is a team who's going to need a coach soon, uh, probably before or just after the fantasy uh, sorry, the fan, pretty much the fantasy draft, the expansion draft. Uh, so I think that, that he should probably should just take it easy. They'll probably go with another option. I, you know, it's tough. It's tough for a guy to, to, to be named a, a coach of an NHL team after, after having a stroke. So, I mean, he should just focus on getting better. It's disappointing if, if this is it for him coaching in the NHL, but you know, your health comes first, your family comes first. So I think he's got to focus on that. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that's what's going to happen. And Vegas is always going to, you know, do their shopping for whoever they're going to get as coach. So I think that's the way it's going to pan out. Um, you know, with this, I guess uh, we'll pretty much wrap up the show. That I guess uh, talk about the the Joe Lewis Arena. You know, um, the Ducks played their last game. Uh, thank God, right? Uh, at, the, at the Joe, and uh, some of the good memories, though, Eddie, that we do. Uh, take with us is uh, 2003. If you remember the Ducks, they beat Detroit twice, uh, one in a, in a crazy overtime thriller with Paul Korea getting the winner. They ended up sweeping Detroit in, the, in that series. Uh, obviously, they went to the Stanley Cup final for the first time and and went you know to the bitter end of seven games, coming up one game short. But that happened there. And then uh, you go fast forward to 2007. Uh, the favorite memory of pretty much everybody and one of the best memories, uh, other than winning the Stanley Cup, of course, was uh, Tengu Solani's overtime goal, Game 5 in Detroit. You remember that game? The Ducks were down one nothing. looked like they were going to lose. Uh, Scotty Niedermeyer ties it up with about 48 seconds to go. Solani gets the uh, the patented uh, you know backhand, forehand-to-backhand game winner in overtime off the uh, the turnover. And uh, the Ducks went, you know, went on to win Game Six, and then of course won the Stanley Cup. So, um, you know, they won't be playing there anymore. But at least the Ducks did have some good memories there, Eddie. Yeah, I'm just happy that we don't have to hear about the Joe Lewis Arena boards anymore and and the bounces <laughs> that came off those things. I'm hoping they don't build the the new one exactly the same because uh, I mean we saw it last night and we've seen it so many times over the years that I'm just happy that we don't have to hear about that anymore. But yeah, I mean it's an historic arena. Obviously, it, it's it's time for it to to change. It's a very very old arena, 
Um, <laughs> one of my friends who recently went there is a Penguins fan. He said it's the ugliest arena he's ever been in. But it, it has some history. Um, obviously, like I said, with the, with, uh, sorry, like you mentioned, with, with the Ducks and their history there, and then Detroit with the history that they have and the Stanley Cups that they've won. So uh, sad to see it go, but you know, a lot of history there. Yeah, I think our writer Thomas, uh, he he kind of summed it up well on Twitter right after that game. He he said, "quote As a hockey fan, I'm sad to know this is the last season of play at the Joe. Uh, as a Anaheim fan, I couldn't be happier." End quote. And I, I think that really summarizes up how you and I feel, and and probably a lot of people, <laughs> you know, uh, th- that their teams have had you know um, nightmares there because you know you remember Detroit, obviously. Uh, in the 90s being an extremely dominant team. And then, of course, in the, in the early 2000s as well, going to the Stanley Cup a few times. Um, so that part we won't miss. Uh, of course, we won't we won't forget Solani's game-winning goal, of course, uh, that helped the Ducks uh, you know, win the uh, Western Conference Final and then go to the Stanley Cup. But um, with that, the, the Ducks are going to hit the road still, and they got three more games to go. We'll be back in a week. We'll talk about all that. And, uh, you know, we'll wish for the best, and uh, let's go Ducks. 